I think companies are recognizing that community is important, but also media is very important as well and how you communicate your message because people are voting with their feet, not just to not be in toxic work environments, but to be at companies that are truly mission-driven because the pandemic really gave them time to focus on what's really important in life, which at the end of the day is really like friends, love, family, religion, or spirituality, health. That's pretty much it. Welcome to the Vitalize Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Gordon, the Director of Marketing here at Vitalize Venture Capital. On today's episode, we have Ruben Harris, co-founder and CEO of Career Karma, the easiest way to find job training programs online. They serve people looking to rescale and upscale into high-paying jobs and give them support for the rest of their careers. Career Karma recently announced a $40 million Series B, bringing their funding up to $52 million. Let's dive in. Ruben, welcome to the show. What's up, man? Feels good. Thank you. I'm glad to have you back on a, on a podcast. You've had quite the whirlwind, I'm sure, of the last few months with Career Karma raising that $40 million Series B and everything that that entails as well. For the folks who don't know Career Karma, real brief, what are you guys doing today, man? Yeah, so Career Karma is a, a, a career navigation platform. So we're the easiest way to find a job training program online uh, for people that want to make a career switch. Uh, or want to upskill themselves in a career, um, we'll get a sense of what their goals and needs are. We'll recommend the best job training programs. The platform is completely free for them. Those job training programs pay us so that we can uh, reinvest into giving them community support from peers, coaches, and mentors that will not only help them after they enroll in a program, but also to find a job whenever they're done with the program. We started off with boot camps um, that are in software engineering, and we're expanding to higher education. Um, and now we're also starting to work with employers that will um, provide an additional option of uh, paying for tuition um, to attract, retain, and upskill talent as well. That's actually been one of the most fun things about kind of following along the last few years since I think we met maybe four years ago now at this point. Uh, I've seen the evolution of what you guys have done, where you started with, we mentioned with the boot camps, how you've grown since then. I know you've mentioned a couple podcasts growing to like, 3 million organic like, views on your website, which is wild. I remember you talking about that growth engine around that and how you're going to do it. And then here you go executing, which is amazing. That last piece that you mentioned with working with employers, tell me more about that and evolution of helping them in terms of them getting talent. It's obviously a huge like shortage in many, many, many ways. How are you doing that going about that side of things? Yeah. I mean, the, the $2.6 trillion post-secondary uh, education and workforce market is unbundling. If you look at you know student loans, uh, most of that funding that goes to students comes from the government. Um, student loan balance is like 1.8 trillion, something like that. Um, at some point it will pop. Um, and even though there are individuals, students that can pay for tuition upfront, most of them have to leverage either a loan or deferred tuition an income share agreement for a scholarship provided by a foundation or, or a donor. With that said, um, I think that at some point when the student loan bubble pops, um, the cost of education is going to go down and be primarily funded by um, still government's uh, philanthropies, but also employers. And you're starting to see uh, employers get very serious about that um, for many reasons. Um, but especially because of the, the the era of remote work that is now here. You've probably heard about something called the Great Resignation, 
where we live in a very interesting time where despite the pandemic, we have the greatest amount of job openings in US history with 4 million people quitting their jobs. Um, we have recessionary period behavior in the market where historically college enrollment would go up, but it's actually gone down in the last two years more than it ever has in the last 50 years because people are looking for education programs that guarantee jobs. And you're starting to see employers uh, recognize that the people that really have the power are the workers, not the employers. Very similar to the VC market where the founders have the power versus the VCs in this current environment. And so workers are voting with their feet saying, no, I do not want to go back to a toxic work environment that does not give me the flexibility of being able to work from home with my kids and I want to be a part of the knowledge economy. So employers are getting creative about what benefits that they can offer. And one of those benefits that they could offer is education as a benefit. Um, you see benefits like gym pass or mental health benefits like Calm or Headspace, but education is a really big one that's starting to be a big deal. You see companies like Amazon that are spending $700 million on paying tuition. You see PwC putting $3 billion towards this, AT&T putting a billion towards this, and many other people like Chipotle and Walmart and Macy's that are doing this. And so um, we want to be able to um, offer career karma as a benefit as well. And that's what we're going to do. With this too, and the evolution of what you've built, and even just taking a look at career karma, the company itself, community, huge part of that. You mentioned before different interviews, how that's a moat for you guys as well. How have you gone about building community at Career Karma. That's like your secret sauce in many ways, it seems like. How have you gone about building that? What's helped you over the last you know, number of years here? Yeah, community is absolutely our secret sauce. I think, number one, you have to uh, be a trusted source of, of information. Um, even though we live in a beautiful era that has technology that, I would argue if you have a device and internet connection, it's probably the greatest opportunity that any of us have ever had in our life from a opportunities perspective. Um, but there's a downside to just a bunch of free information. It's hard to know what is real versus fake. So our North Star has always been the worker and to make sure that we give them that, that, that trusted source of career advice. Um, but consuming content, just to consume content means nothing. Consuming content that leads towards an action that uh, changes your life means something. And so it's important for us to not just provide relevant career advice, but for you to, to have clear action steps that lead you to real human beings that have been through what you've been through that will not only give you credibility that it is possible to make it for whatever you want to do despite your background because I can connect you with somebody that's done it, but also that individual can give you better advice that is bespoke to you because they're a mom, for example, right? And I can't create a content library that is comprehensive for every unique circumstance that everybody has created, but I can connect you with individuals that might have a certain uh, religious background or might be a, a different age range or, or, so, or certain things like that. So even though we are a technology-driven company, at the end of the day, we use software to connect humans to humans. With that too, and one of the things I thought was really interesting with kind of looking around what you've done with Audio Room specifically, 
And you mentioned how you can call, you can talk about a lot of different topics, things you're not necessarily focused on in the business yet, but you can kind of have those conversations going in audio rooms. How does that play into your strategy and even you know how you started those in the first place? I imagine they've been really popular and successful for you just based on how they're continuing on. I'm curious on how those kind of social audio, audio rooms played a part into the growth of Career Karma. Great question. I mean, we've been bullish on audio. I've been bullish on audio since 2007 before I met my co-founder. I used to work in radio. Um, my co-founder and I launched a podcast called um, Breaking Into Startups. We've also written content and we've done video. Going back to the North Star being our, the blue-collar worker, even though blue-collar workers and anybody like these days wants to have the time to read, people don't read no more because there's things happening all the time. Um, it's either like short video clips, um, audio clips, and um, what's cool about uh, people that are on their grind and content that can be easily digestible through audio um, is that you know this can be take advantage of the the Bluetooth, the electric car movement, the the device at home movement like Google Home and Alexa. So while you're doing all the things that you have have to do, you can still be receiving this brain food even when you're going on a long run, right? Like there's a lot of like really interesting things that you or while you're working out, and so. Um, what we learned about the podcast in, in 2017 and also and in 2016, but also as a gamer, I used to play a lot of video games, is that audio has a different level of intimacy where you feel like you have a relationship with somebody. Um, you know, I used to play a game called Counter-Strike and those people that that the team that i was on was called force in atlanta we eventually met up in person but like we're we're very very close friends it felt like we've known each other for a very long time and you know even when you think about just romantic relationships you know people fall asleep talking on the phone together um for spending hours and hours of quality time talking to them so you know if you think about the the benefits of what you what you get from a from a podcast um hearing advice from somebody that you're inspired by or motivated by but then being able to talk to them and receive gems from that individual um that that really creates a bond that that leads to um unprecedented outcomes that we've already started to see so it's just an evolution of our roots that um that the rest of the internet is recognizing with not just Clubhouse, but also Spotify Green Room, LinkedIn Audio Rooms, Reddit Audio Rooms, you know, Discord's pioneers from a gaming and, and voice and video. And so, you know, we want to make sure that um we we also grow um, with the inevitable on the internet um, and, and um, focus it specifically on careers. Yeah, and even obviously seeing that with Twitter Spaces and how it's the Twitter kind of spaces, natural evolution, yeah. natural evolution of that product and what people are doing, and you know it's going to happen in a matter of time. And we think a lot about that for sure at Vitalize in terms of audio, because if we can occupy that mind space, especially when you don't, you're not consuming anything else necessarily at that time. You know, you could be doing mm -hmm. the dishes, you could be in a car or whatever. You always have that opportunity to listen to audio as opposed to any other medium. Like you're not reading, mm -hmm. <laughs> you're not mm -hmm. watching a video, but you can you can listen to something, and that's pretty powerful, especially when people are. Trying to change careers, upskill or reskill, they don't have necessarily a lot of time, but they have that little micro pockets of time where they can continue to have that connection or consume. Find that really valuable in terms of that as well. And go ahead. The only other thing I was going to say that I think is very interesting about audio is like if you look at like this podcast, for example, like this podcast, like I don't know if you run ads on it, but the types of ads that come out in in podcasts aren't just like fast food scammy type stuff <laughs> it tends to be like educational 
software type things that yeah might have a cost might not have a cost but are very action oriented and if you look at the people that listen to podcasts they take action more often than others and even more so you know you're starting to see people say like twitter spaces in real life or clubhouse in real life or career common in real life and like it's really interesting to see the bridging of the online and the offline uh, where you know events are a huge thing like you know asu gsv summit south by southwest all this stuff but all that's going virtual too and people are recognizing like why was i just spending all this money to fly all these places when i could just done it online not saying that that's going to go away either but it just allows you to do more than you used to on that note, I'm curious what you think about just other companies and bigger companies, how they're looking at employee engagement or educating their employees and like just what you've seen with obviously running Career Karma and working with other businesses, but more broadly, we're focused on the future of work at Vialas. They're always thinking about what companies what companies are doing. Like, What do you see in terms of how they're going to use audio in some capacity or how do you see that kind of evolving? I'm curious in your thoughts just, just on that too. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, Slack obviously is what a lot of people use inside of um, the enterprise, but there's, um, they've introduced voice already inside of Slack. Um, and I think that's, that's a very big deal. Um, my other buddy, he runs a company, I believe it's called Yak also, that has yep. like uh, social audio, they're based in Orlando. Um, and so you're starting to see that become a very big deal. I think that um, I'll, I'll say two things related to how companies are thinking about this. Um, as a VC, I obviously like VCs talk about community all the time, talk about SaaS all the time. Companies recognizing that um, the employee is in power, which I recognize that because I have about 200 people that work for Career Common. <laughs> exactly. um, you have to um, you have to create environments that have not just a strong culture, but how do you create culture virtually, right? Because the remote work world is not going back into the bottle, right? Like it's gonna be either you're fully remote, it's a hybrid, or you're not gonna exist. Or like, you're not gonna be able to be competitive, like, right? And so the, the point of that is like, you have to figure out community online, which means that not only do you have to figure out how to leverage every medium, written, audio, voice, you have to figure out how to uh, get really strong at communication and get really good visuals, leveraging tools like um, Lattice and uh, Pulse surveys and figure out how to do really cool creative offsites. And so I would just say that um, I think companies are recognizing that community is important, but also media is very important as well and how you communicate your message because people are voting with their feet, not just to not be in toxic work environments, but to be at companies that are truly mission-driven because of the pandemic really um, gave them time to focus on what's really important in life, which at the end of the day is really like friends, love, family, religion, or spirituality, um, health. That's pretty much yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, it boils <laughs> down to a few, a few things. Not that, not that many, really. And it's funny you mentioned, mm-hmm. like, just thinking even about that more around, you know, making it engaging and good content. A lot of these companies, if they, they haven't been doing that, they haven't, haven't had to, right? What's more engaging than being in person, obviously? It's hard to top that, but in this virtual environment, it's so different. Like I'm going through Maven's course accelerator. And if you've heard of Maven, uh, that company, I know Maven, Maven's great. Yeah. yeah. Maven's great. And like their 
how engaging their kind of their courses are and like going through that and each each section, each one of those things, those like one or two hours long, their workshops are so engaging and interesting. And I'm paying attention to how they're presenting to us as they're teaching us how to present. <laughs> I think any company can yeah. learn from that too. You know what I mean? I think I think Maven's a good example. Shout out to um Goggin and, and Wes for, West, for that organization. Yeah. So they they're running um cohort cohort based courses. And so, you know, similar to remote work and educators especially colleges that have resisted the online education movement are now also forced to go online which has always been inevitable my guy dan rosenzweig at check has always said bet on the inevitable um yep. so um and so has chip Pasica to you but like online education is recognized as like it's not just teaching classes online you got to create community online too for education because honestly the the biggest value of going to college is not what they teach us it's the community right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the network. And so anyway. Yeah, no, I agree completely. I even like when I went to get an MBA, that was the number one reason was to build a network in a city I wanted to be in with people who were smart and doing interesting things. And sure enough, like that's paid off way more than the, yeah. the cost of an actual yeah. MBA, I think. And those cohort based courses are helping people build community in education. Um, and now you see creators like Lenny Krutinsky and, and others that are like, I, I honestly think that the, the individual creator will be the biggest teacher in the future. Oh, I mean, if, if they're making, well, we're just going to keep plugging them, but Maven's making it possible for obviously people to be able to do that and to make a real mm -hmm. living off of you being a creator and teaching. If you like teaching and you have these skills, I see that being a huge trend in terms of where work goes in terms of where you learn and kind of future of education side of it. I think that's going to be a massive part of it. And, and one thing I want to make sure we touch on is I had this question from someone, but also was wondering personal branding. It seems like you've done this for a, a, quite a long time in terms of building your brand, being becoming known. How have you gone about that and what's maybe been most valuable from that? Yeah, I mean, I've always been uh, a big believer in the the importance of documenting your own journey and taking control of your own story. Um, I, I, I retweeted something earlier, which was like, what do people assume about you before they even know you? Something, something like that. Um, and one of my, my mother's uh, friends used to tell, tell me like, what are the five adjectives that people think about you when you walk in a room before you even say anything? And I'm not going to answer that question right now. But the <laughs> the reason I bring it up is because when employer Googles your name, things are going to pop up. Or when anybody Googles your name, things are going to pop up. And so it's very, and that's also oriented me towards Google SEO stuff from like even before I met my co-founders. And so yeah. um you want to take control of that and what you will learn is that if you start personal branding yourself or you start like creating content you can actually control what pops up about you and so i'm very consistent with not optimizing towards being on my personal side of things i'm not optimizing for perfection on what i put out i optimize on creating the narrative about me that is mine and documenting my personal history regardless of like whether a tweet goes viral or not it's just kind of like this is this is my narrative and i think that's that's important because um the only reason why a kanye west documentary is able to come out is because he has done a really good job of like controlling his content the whole time and whether it's fabricated or not the whole Netflix documentary that's coming out on Genius, like where he's like, hey, look, I still want editing control on this. Like, this is my narrative. I think yeah. that like we should all take control of our narrative because um, 
one on the, the other thing about that's beautiful about the internet is while I love uh, traditional journalists, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a little different where I don't, I don't think all media is evil. Um, I do think that sometimes naively and sometimes maliciously media paints a picture about certain individuals that may not be true. And it's important for us to share our own stories so people really know what the reality is. And so I encourage everybody to take control of their own narrative, bringing it back to career karma because an employer will Google your name. And if you're applying for a job, they don't, let's say it's a software engineering job or sales job, they actually don't care about whether you're an engineer or a salesperson if you are good. Like if you're good, like that's actually not gonna matter anymore. And what's gonna matter is who you are as a person. So who you are as a person is what you want to pop up, right? Like people focus so much on the professional side of things and not the non-professional side of things. Like, like you're a runner, I know that, but there's probably a lot of other awesome things about you. Like I have so many like different things that I'm into, like cello, skiing, running, weightlifting, anime, jujitsu, like there's like so yeah. many things, but it's like, but I'm very focused and everybody knows that like my main, my thing is career karma. And there's a really good book called Range that talks about how, you know, generalists triumph in a highly specialized world. And I would argue that like a lot of people would be generalists if they really wanted to, but they like feel like they can't. Yeah. And when I think about personal brand again, think about it more like just not just documenting the journey, but just a way a freedom of expression that like encompasses what your interests are, but also attracts who you want to be aligned with, right? You and I are, I don't think we've met in person, but I can tell we're kindred spirits. Maybe we have, like, like we have, we have a very, like, we have a connection. And the reason why we have a connection is because what you put out connects with me and what I put out connects with you, right? And there's a really good quote that one of my investors says is that inbound is what happens when outbound is your DNA. And so that's, that's the last thing I'll say. Preach. No, I love that. And I think it's also not being afraid to put out those little different aspects. Like you mentioned the running thing. Like originally, like a a long time ago, I questioned putting some of that stuff out there. And I'm like, you know what? Like to your exact point, then I, then I joined the running group, the thousand miles of this year. And Mm -hmm. then you find other people who like to run. You're like, oh, I connect with that. Mm -hmm. And we had that David Goggins connection because I Mm -hmm. like to run. So like it it just feeds off it. And it's a level deeper, especially when you're talking about building relationships on the internet. It's a level deeper Mm -hmm. than just, oh yeah, Ruben has a company. Oh yeah, Justin works at this VC. Like that surface level one thing. You go deeper and deeper, it just has more benefit. And yeah, the VC thing is cool, but like, but like you're you're cooler. Like people people say that like a lot of people do say Silicon Valley is all about relationships, and and it's just like um they don't they don't understand how important that is. Like when I got back from skiing last week, I literally it was real late, but I played a time game with all these people that are super connected, and I think that like all that type of stuff matters. Anyway. All right. I know we have just a little bit of time left. I have a couple questions. One being with the employers and recruiters. We had a question from from Twitter from Kevin Newman. He's asking about what do they need to do differently to identify and develop talent, the recruiters and employer side of things. Obviously, you see some things with career karma. So I'm curious on your perspective there. Yeah, I think so. I'm gonna throw some flowers to some employers. I really like um like what the 110 initiative represents. 
um, for the people that don't know what 110.org is, it's um, a group of, of large corporations that have dropped the requirement to have a college degree and they want to hire a million people, um, specifically black people in that regard. So that's, that's a nice diversity initiative. But I think um, what I want to highlight is, is, is bigger than just race. Um, it's they're, they're being flexible and they're being open to any background as long as you can do the work, um, which is also uh, something that's similar to like the World Economic Forum has announced saying that they want to reskill a billion people by um, 2030 in collaboration with um, employers, governments, and philanthropies. So the, the, the answer to your question is number one is follow their example, drop the requirement to have a college degree, even though we're not anti-college, um, just be open to people from different backgrounds. Um, I think resumes uh, will evolve and will go from uh, not just being about years of experience and, and where you work, but more project-based and what have you done in that regard. So start thinking about project-based things. Think about it very similar to the music industry. It's not about how long you've been playing. It doesn't matter what school that you studied music in. It's like, does your music sound good, right? So, you know, your projects are your demo tape. So move to a project-based model. Um, start thinking about um, apprenticeships and internships. I think that's a very interesting flow because I think this generation um, is actually going to consider um, several types of reskilling options outside of college. And so people are gonna go straight from high school into the workforce, um, which is gonna be a new dynamic. And so making sure that you have the on-ramps available for people Leveraging apprenticeships and internships, I think, is a very big deal. Um, and that's kind of how America looked like in the 90s. So, like, you know, know your history before us to repeat it. Like, you could either do it or, or don't do it because some people will do it. So that's a right, very big deal. Um, embrace virtual career fairs um, and, 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 um, and recruiting initiatives. Um, Handshake is a big pioneer in that regard. Um, but also leverage audio rooms. So do, like, intro to... Salesforce, you know, um, online, so people can talk directly to your people. You have ERG groups for a reason. Uh, you give them budgets, but you know, you have this pledge one percent where you've committed millions of hours of volunteer time, but they get wasted every year. Talk to the community and let them know that you're hiring and that you have these opportunities available, so they can know what's going on. I'm going to be doing some really awesome things for Black Future Month next month. Um, and stay tuned for that so you can see what I'm talking about. Uh, so yeah, leverage leverage that. Um, and then um, and then uh, most importantly uh, is the is leverage the this as a benefit the, this education as a benefit model. I think um, I think it's not just a, a tool to upskill your current workforce. It's a really great tool to attract um, talent. You know, the reason why uh, one of the biggest factors for people to join a new company is, is healthcare and 401k and, you know, maternity leave and stuff like that. But it's going to continue to to grow in importance. It's going to be this education as a benefit thing. And the reason why is because we've gone, uh, we're, we're, go, we're graduating from a four and 40 model where people go to school for four years and just work for 40 years to a two and two model or, you know, like, where you study a little bit, then you got to learn something new. You got to learn something new. Um, pick a number like right, that's shorter than four years, um, but you're gonna have to uh, you're gonna have to work often. That I think the they say the half life of a skill is every two years, and so um, 
you know, one of our guiding principles at Career Karma is always be learning. And so, you know, the employers that are that are saying, hey, you know, we recognize that you are in a tough spot and we believe in you, just like you spend a lot of money on recruiting or you spend thirty thousand dollars for a booth at a at a Grace Hopper fair. Um, it's a lot cheaper to just pick a neighborhood and reskill them and then hire them at the end. <laughs> yeah, I think one thing too I'm curious about, and I never really asked anyone this, but with us at Vitalize, we're doing a lot of part-time roles in terms of our team. And we've seen people, he probably saw the stories of someone taking two full-time roles at companies, it's like companies. But what do you think about the part-time work side of things, working for multiple ones? Like, how do you think that's going to play out? I, I'm just curious on your perspective. That's a good question. I've dealt with that before. I've dealt with that before. I think I, I think that um I think that um the freelance economy is real. I think that um the individual as an entrepreneur is real. Um as an artist myself that's played the cello for over thirty years. Um, you know, being an artist you have to be an entrepreneur and I think as a human being and, and you talked about personal brand earlier. Um, and every, not just every company being a media company or every VC being a media company, but every individual being a media company. Um, I think you, sh you should recognize that these skills that you're getting in tech are superpowers that don't require you to work for a company or don't require you to start a company either. You can work on a project for your local church and get paid, right? You can create graphics for not just parties, but restaurants and um, any kind of initiative in the neighborhood and get paid from it. And I think that it's a, it's a very real thing. To your point around remote work, it does put people in positions to be able to work multiple jobs, especially if you're working in different time zones. I don't think that's the worst thing if you are on the same page with your employer about that, but um, don't be shady. I think integrity, <laughs> is is very important um and and be sure your sins will find you out and the truth will set you free i'm gonna just preach for you guys for a little bit and and i think that that's that's very important because if you are a personal brand and you are uh um someone that wants to be a strong freelancer you know your reputation matters and it takes years to create a good reputation but if you develop a reputation that you're unethical or that you're shady just know that this world is small and that word will spread and there are some people that will be open with you working for multiple companies last uh, really big question here just with you mentioned in another podcast around relationship building and career navigating as a social experience how do you support that then at career karma with everything you guys do I really like that um, question. It's more of a like a series C, D type question, mm -hmm. but um, it's, it's an important conversation because um, social capital is real. What does that mean, social capital? It means, you know, let's say I'm trying to get a job at VC at Vitalize and, you know, Justin gets coffee with me to give me advice. Let's say that I, I get a job at Vitalize. You know, you never got compensated for it but you did help me get that job. And you've probably had countless coffees with people that have led to not just jobs at Vitalize, but probably other opportunities. Um, that's social capital that's never really been productized. Um, I really am fascinated about uh, virtual currency. I like the idea of karma points at some point. <laughs> uh, and um, 
I think that what's going on with Web3s and DAOs and tokens are a very big deal. But before jumping into Web3, we need to educate the world into what's going on with Web2 and make sure that we have a thriving community of people helping people. And once you have a community that's of people helping people, then it's very easy to productize all those other things that we're talking about that may or may not be on the roadmap. <laughs> That'll be our uh, our third podcast. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll, give, we'll give that some time later. Let's <laughs> let, you, let you build a little bit, Ruben. <laughs> Where's exactly. the best place for people to find you online and know more about uh, Career Karma? Well, my email is ruben at careerkarma.com, ruben at careerkarma.com. Uh, on social and everything, it's just Ruben Harris, R-U-B-E-N-H-A-R-R-I-S, Twitter, Instagram are my primary channels. I do have a Snapchat. I don't really use it, um, but you can reach me there. And then I'm also getting pretty active on LinkedIn as well, so feel free to send me an email on LinkedIn. Um, and um, always open to collaborations, especially around content. Um, but, you know, if you're an employer and you're listening to this and you want to offer education as a benefit, Hit me up. That's that's very top of mind. If you are a school, not just a boot camp, but a, a college, if you want to um, work with career comedy, get enrollments to make sure that you're reversing your your downward trends or sustaining your upward trends. Um, we are here to help you as you're thinking about your virtual opportunities. But also, um, if you're thinking about how to build community online or offline, holla at me because we do this and we've been doing it for years and we'll continue to do it. <laughs> it's been fun to see the rise. I will just comment quickly on your social for people who have ever like followed Ruben around. Like one, his Instagram, you post so many tweets on your Instagram. I'm like, I don't know how you continue to do that cross posting. And then also on LinkedIn, like it's just like free money when you cross post to LinkedIn to get more views and like impressions and people who understand the content game, understand that. And they see that they're like, Oh yeah, it's, it's a no brainer. But you do it really well. And I, I try to remember to always do that same thing because it's just like, like I said, it's like free money, basically. Free views uh, helps your personal brand. It's not hard to do. You just copy paste. Yeah. So I love that. Love everything you guys are doing. <laughs> Thanks for the time, Ruben. That's a, that, just in case anybody wants to ask a question related to what he just brought up. And a lot of people ask me, like, how do you do the cross-platform? Do you use the software to do that? That is all manual. I probably should use <laughs> software. So if you have software to do cross-platform uh, posting, let me know. Um, but if not, just know that you can do it too. I'll give a slight plug then. Hype Fury for Twitter and LinkedIn cross-posting, pretty easy. Dang. That's the one. That's the one here. one tool. Me, Gail, and the team are using now. I was like, all right, I saw that. I'll give them a plug because I love the software. But Ruben, this has been fun. Really appreciate the time, man. Likewise, man. Thank you, brother. Hey, thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about us, head on over to Vitalize.vc. You can also follow us on Twitter at VitalizeVC. Or you can follow me on Twitter at JustinGordon212. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.